you, I can start talking because I'm going to ask you questions about. Welcome yeah. back to Conscious Ambition. Oh fuck! I didn't know you press play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sitting in sitting in St Kilda Botanical Gardens, and uh, I had the idea that we'll do it straight off the cuff because it's been some weeks now since Dr Mendes and myself have met up for a podcast, and even actually met up in person, mm. and. We've had a lot going on. <laughs> Life has been going on for both of us. I'm just noticing the difference in how we're talking now to how we're talking just before we started the podcast. Really? Like we're, we're, we're both a bit more excited to talk. There's, just there's, the, there's a bit more aliveness, especially the, in, in your voice in than me, before. Just the gravity of... Because I thought about this a day or two ago, about sitting down and thinking, how funny is it when we used to podcast and think, what do we want to talk about or what do we feel like talking about? And the last two and a half weeks, <laughs> I could talk about, I could do, I could sit here and talk for hours. Yeah, there's a lot of content we have through frustration with each other, through frustration with ourselves. Uh, through misunderstandings, yeah, it's the last couple of week, uh, weeks has had it all for, bo- for both of us. Actually, off that, I would love to talk about the misunderstandings and uh, the trust stuff that happened. Between us? Yeah, I feel like it, it might really warm me up well to talk about um, okay. stuff that happened with Lee and all that. Okay. Yeah. yeah go for it. I like yeah. it. So, um, so I went to Tassie a couple of weeks ago and, um, Tasmania for all those foreigners. Uh, yes. Yeah. True. People do listen to us from different countries. Uh, and I had a difficult time because I'm scared of flying. Well, not just scared of flying, but scared of just being trapped in things that I can't get out of in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, didn't get on a plane initially and then I ended up getting on the plane the next day to go to Tassie and felt really uncomfortable doing it and hated doing it. And then um, Ethan, at, at the same time I was going through this, Ethan had was just going through the process of moving out of your house uh, into your old house, like your parents' old house in Brighton. And that was a difficult time for you. Um, to have the stress of having to sell everything and get rid of everything um, and then move and be preparing all whilst um, managing, managing the life a of a seven-month-old uh, baby. So... on oh, working. And working, trying to make enough money to feel safe for when he goes to Thailand. So we were trying to communicate and trying to pretty much vent to each other but both of us were not ready to receive each other. And when that sort of dynamic happens, it doesn't create for great communication and a great understanding. So, yeah, from my point of view, I felt, well, I, I trust Ethan just as much as I trust anybody in the world, uh, a lot, uh, very much so, and I feel like I can express myself to you but I felt like um, 
when I went to Tassie and I was having a really, really tough time, I felt like I wasn't being met with understanding. Um, and I felt a bit judged. Um, like the, I was actually thinking about it on the drive here. Um, like the, 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 there was one part that sort of hurt. There was, a, there were a few things that hurt me at the time. And one of them was, um, I was talking about my fear, like the, how intense the fear was and how it was like really, really intense for me. And then something you said was like, um, yeah, right. He's like, you're like, rather than, rather than not do it and not, not get on the plane, I actually, uh, would go to something like the black street gym, which is something that you have a little bit of fear of. And I, and to me, that was really hurtful at the time because I'm like, yeah, that's just like, this is, this is like, I'm confronting death here and it's a really intense fear. Um, and then I just remember thinking after that, I'm like, wow, we, I'm really not gotten here. I'm really, don't, I really feel like I'm not understood. And yeah, that's a, that's a part, a painful thing for you to go into that gym situation. But it was sort of like brushing this fear off that I have as something that's can just be like, you know, just get over it sort of, you know, just do it. And, um, and go into it like like sort of don't be a pussy just go into it because that's what i do that that's sort of how i received that um and then i yeah then there was a lack of trust a lot of trust lost in that moment and a few other times that sort of happened where i didn't feel understood and i felt like that what i was going through was sort of like being brushed aside pushed aside as something that wasn't that severe and i need to get over it and just do it um and that was difficult because, you know, you're a big source of trust for me in, in humanity and uh, the world. And to not have that was was difficult. And, uh, yeah, it, we, we, we had a few conversations after that where it uh, became where it became more illuminated about where we stood with each other um, and where we, what we were going through. But, um, yeah. I'd, I'll I'll leave it there for how much I, for what I want to say about the early on situation. <clears throat> I feel grateful that we identified the trust thing. Mm. I was really I don't know if happy is the right word, but when I was driving home one of the nights and thinking about why I was reacting to the messages you were sending me about the fear of the trip, uh, the fear of the people and the judgment and just the whole experience for you and how I was so lacking in patience at the time. It was, it was kind of occurring to me because that it was like, why am I getting so frustrated with this recount or these recounts of Josh's experience? Like what's, going on for me hang on I've been talking to him because what happened actually was I started thinking because I couldn't relate to you talking about this fear I was digging deeper to try to understand what it is about your character which might be different from mine which might be influencing this and when I was doing that as well um, I just kind of noticed I was like getting irritated without 
and I was getting irritated with these stories I was making up about you or about how this aspect of you might be influencing the experience. Um, this thing that you believe in, this way that you approach your life. And it made me think like, why am I getting like this? I think you've got to trust people more often. Wait, hang on. Isn't this ironic? Am I losing trust in Mendy's right now? I feel like I'm losing trust in the type of person that I thought he might be because I'm getting frustrated with how I can't relate to you. And is it that I can't relate to you because we're, we're so different? But then it kind of really dawned on me. It's like, if I'm losing trust in Mendy's right now, hang on, is this because I've started losing trust in myself? And I don't know why I made that leap. But then I realized that I have been losing trust in myself. And that's actually a big reason why I feel in this heightened state. And then we, the conversation then continued from there, I think in a really healthy way. Because it, I just had realized, I'm like, okay, this is a trust issue. And it's also a lack of trust in myself. Because I feel intimidated by what's to come. Traveling with my wife and my newborn son in a foreign country or foreign countries. And... Um, I haven't been ready to receive Mendy's. When I say receive, like, relate. Not anal sex. Not anal sex, yeah. No, no. Not, not give him a blowjob, receive his penis. That way. No, no, no it's, it's a little bit of a different way. A less sexual way. <laughs> um, but intimate but not sexual. Intimate but not sexual. But, and, and then it did hit me, though, and then I actually used that thought I applied it to all these other people in my life and I was like, I've not really been ready to relate to other people as well. I've had tunnel vision. So it was really cool to eventually realize that. Um, and then I want to say that I really appreciated when you sent me or you called me up and we had those... 10, 15 minute snapshot conversations mm-hmm. uh, two or three days ago when I was, mm. or it might have been on Monday. Yeah, it was. I was, was, that, was it that long ago? That was Monday, yeah. Fuck. Because I remember I was driving between different people's houses through yeah. different suburbs and I'd call you when I'd leave one person's house that I was massaging or treating and then we'd have a 10 minute conversation whilst I drove to the next person's house and then I'd say, oh, it's, sorry, I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> But that, um, thanks for calling up and asking me and, you know, actually expressing your care for how mm. I was going on that day. Because I realized I'm like, well, I hadn't really done that for you yet. But it's difficult without having understood this fear that you've been going through. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll talk a bit about the fear afterwards, but just to touch on that journey that we were both on, uh... It was a... We're shaking hands right yeah, now. Yeah, we are. I just really wanted to. I've really wanted to shake your hand for the last fucking half an hour. Really? Just yeah. to shake my hand? Yeah, you're a good fucking guy. Thanks, mate. So are you. Thanks. Most of the time. Well, yeah, we're <laughs> assholes the other half of the time or other quarter of the time. Um, yeah. The, um, it, was a, yeah, it was a journey. Like when I, that, that whole time I was in Tasmania, I felt like we, we were on this journey apart as individuals. But then... 
we were on this we were on a journey together as well where we went through a bit of frustration where like you just said like I felt like you couldn't relate to me and I'm like why can't this guy relate to me and that so uh, and then you were getting frustrated that you couldn't relate to me and then in response to you not being able to relate to me I got frustrated with you and then I tried to turn her turn it around on you and then I started to criticize you a little bit about you know your um, self-criticism and even your self-indulgence and I tried to turn it turn it around on you to make it look like to make it seem like I'm not the only one that's I've going through some shit like yeah. you you're the one with the fucking issues don't don't come to me and say that I need to fucking be more courageous I need to have more balls when when you're the one that doesn't fucking go into your fears you know I tried to make it seem like I'm not that fucking bad um, <laughs> as, I, as I was being painted. And then it was just this, yeah, back and forth of retaliation. It wasn't so intense, but I guess comparing with how we usually communicate, it was, uh, it was a bit more confronting just compared to, cause we usually have a very peaceful understanding way of communicating. So for it to become like that was, very different for us and um, unsettling. But I think as we, as time went on and we probably just had a bit of space from each other and also our own life, I think the problems we we're having in our own lives started to unravel and um, dis- what do you mean by dissipate. Well, even like the, fl- the, the issues that I was having with the, f- the intense fear, I was starting to get a hold of that a little bit better. I, I didn't take flights. I didn't take a flight when I thought I was going to take mm. a flight. So I felt like I, I gained back a lot of control in doing that. Yeah. And I think in your life, you, you were starting to, I mean, every day you were getting cl- closer and closer to completing all the fucking tasks that you needed to, in order to get out of the country. <laughs> um, and I'm sure other stuff was just sort of like, um, uh, revealing itself over time to you. I feel like I was becoming accustomed to the stage that we were at or that we are at with moving and being just so active. Like I knew today when we came to do this podcast, I am in a heightened state. Yeah, you feel it. I bet you can feel it. I felt it in the messages for sure. Like when we were when we were at that point where I was just talking about before, where it was sort of re- retaliation. I could feel it in your voice that you were just tense, yeah. Um, and f- everything was moving really quickly, and Definitely. you f- and and you s- it seemed like you were trapped in this in this state, like there was no way out. Um, and I I could see it. And that was the realization I came to was when I was able to take myself out of my own suffering and see that you were suffering, I thought to myself, well, this isn't the time for me to criticize Ethan. This is the time for, for me to actually take a step back and try to understand his situation. And then when I did that, I took, I took a step back. And this is just before I called you the other day. Uh, I thought to myself, I haven't been there for you I haven't been there for Ethan and I usually am and um, I guess I'm a one of a sort one of probably a few sources of 
comfort and and grounding like a like a natural way that's not marijuana and not uh chocolate and whatever and yeah i i was going through my own shit and i wasn't there for you and i felt a bit guilty about that and and then and then and then it got to the point where i was like i actually want to call you and understand where you're coming from because yeah you're probably suffering just as much as i fucking was um, but I didn't even see that. My my blinders were on. I'm like, I'm going through something right now. I'm in a lot of fear. I got to get through this. I got to do this, this, this. Meanwhile, weeks, a week and a half went by where you were probably in the fucking thick of it. And I did never, I never, I don't think I once asked you like, what are you feeling? Like, what's, what do you, what's going on with you? I don't think I asked you that once uh, until earlier this week where I, um, I think, yeah, I called up and I'm like, I told you exactly what I just said now. Mm. And I asked you, what's, yeah, what's going on with you? What are you feeling? And then you'd sort of laid it all out. <laughs> yeah, but you, it's funny that you say that and, you know, I, I reciprocate that towards you, but, uh, fuck, like, I feel the same way, but towards a lot of people as well. Like, I have not been giving my attention like true attention to a lot of people and true time to to actually think and consider what, what's happening with them like I'll, ta- I'll i'll give you an example like um there was someone i met up with a day or two ago oh oscar oscar was telling me about um a girl that he'd been seeing and it struck me when we were sitting there, mind you, this is smoking a joint in White Street Park near my house, but even in that moment being like, hang on, I'm actually genuinely curious to hear how this is going for him. And that feeling struck me as, as like, I haven't felt this for a while. That's a bit sad. But now that I'm here, like I'm, I'm wanting to know what's been going on with this and stuff like that. And hit me that I haven't had that kind of interest in as much with let's say my brothers or one of my brother's new girlfriends or maybe my mum or my auntie who we're going to see tonight or this afternoon you and then many others like but mind you we were talking about that just before we started this podcasting that here in our home city it's like you feel like you have all these people that you start to meet and develop relationships with and interact with and I start to feel a responsibility to to talk to them and to ask them how they're going and and to to be you know express general concern genuine concern with what's happening with them but it just gets so much and particularly at the moment it's crazy that in two days we're leaving the country and it's pretty much for months and I thought, nice one. And I thought, all I'd have all this time eventually to actually see a bunch of people and catch up with them. And it's just, it's not at all been like that. So, yeah, right now, like, I'm very curious to hear more about your fear of what you've gone through because it's like a whole world and story that's actually happened <laughs> but um i have just been on an absolute fucking mission and i still feel like i am a bit 
But I can smell those pine needles and that's pretty nice. We did not leave. We we're just in a pause. <laughs> Can you remember a moment that just seemed like the scariest? <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, two days ago. Two. Yeah. Two days ago. Two days ago. So two days ago, I caught the spirit of Tasmania home from Devonport, and uh, I I was not that nervous going into it because in my mind I thought that I'm on a ship and not a, not a plane, not a plane, and I I had I guess I convinced myself that my fear was of flying. Um, when that's not true at all. Um, so I wasn't, I wasn't super nervous going into it. I was sort of looking forward to it. I'm like, I'm on this big ship. There's pl going to pl be plenty to do. I can read, I can listen to music. There'll be Wi-Fi on there. You know, there's, there's plenty of, plenty of stuff for me to do and I'll get to Melbourne and I'm looking forward to coming back home as well. And then got on the ship, feeling okay, not feeling too nervous about it um uh like a little bit a little bit of nerves but nothing compared to how i usually would feel getting on a on a plane and then as the ship started departing I, I i felt i was getting a little bit nervous but i'm still thinking like oh i'm gonna be all right because i'm i'm still on the water and i feel and i can move around i can escape you know i can i can go to that room i can go to this room um and then as, as the ship started to, to leave and I could see that we were getting further and further from the land, the intense panic started to come up. It was, I was starting to feel this intense fear of just being away from the land. And, and the thing, the, the thought that scared me the most at that point was thinking, okay, I've got 11 hours now where I have to just be with this. I have to be with this fear of being out in the open ocean where if something goes wrong there's nobody to save us there's no there's nothing for me to cling on to uh there's no land for me to like run onto and feel safe on if the ship sinks I'm dying um if anything goes wrong I'm dying uh If, yeah, if the ship just stops for some reason and nobody finds us, like, yeah, that's the end of, that's the end of us. Um, what about the safety boats? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, where do you, yeah, where does your brain go? Like, you, so, you it, even, yeah, even when, um, so I started thinking as time went on, I'm like, oh, well, the helicopter, the, like a helicopter or a plane could also 
help us like it's it's only half an hour away from the shore so the plane a plane or a helicopter could come and take all of us because the ship's going to float you know the ship's not going to just sink but even with that thought i was still thinking that it's it's not just that it's not just the chance of the ship sinking or going down it's it's also just me having an emergency some sort of emergency and not being able to i can't go anywhere like i i can't get off the ship like what happens if i have a heart attack or any sort of really really difficult situation that i need like urgent care for um like what's what's going to happen what like the thing that i kept go kept saying to myself is I can't, like, I, I want to go tell the captain that I want to get off the ship. Or, like, what happens if I want to tell the captain I just want to get off the ship? Like, I just want to be on land. I just fucking hate this feeling. I hate this feeling of of being out in the open ocean where I can't see anything. And, yeah, I know in my mind that maybe I'll they could save me and, and it might, you know, something could happen if some bad shit happens. But I just don't like this feeling of the unknown. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And then there's that that fear and then it's compounded by the fact that if i go to the captain and be like i need to get off this ship i need to get the fuck off the ship he'd be like well there's nothing i can do i need it you know we're we're going to melbourne we'll be in melbourne in 11 hours but you're gonna have to wait i'm not gonna call in a fucking helicopter just for you i'm not gonna just i'm not, I'm not gonna just let a let you go on a safety boat just for you would you being on a helicopter be any better I think, I think if it's less people, because the helicopters helicopters are typically smaller. Yeah, let's say there's two people in the cockpit, and then it's you and Katarina in the back or something. I think I would be more comfortable because I, I would, I'd hope I would tell them that I'm scared of just feeling trapped. It's 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 like this feeling of being trapped, and I'm surrounded by death. You know, like that ocean is just death. Like all around that is death. If I, if this if this ship sinks, if if I have an emergency where uh, my op, where I, I I need to like get out, um, I don't even understand it. It's just like I'm surrounded by death on the plane. Everywhere around me is is death. If 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 anything if anything little happens to that plane, and I for some reason if for some reason goes down or I, I feel like I need to get out of it. I'm I'm dead, and same with the ship. Like I'm, it, all around me is is death, and there's no there's no there's no sign of security for me. There's no sign of safety for me because I find safety in the land. Like land to me, land is safe because I can. I just feel safe on land. But I don't feel safe in the ocean. I don't feel safe in the air. In the in the air, yeah. Because it's like if any little thing goes wrong. Um, what about skiing? I haven't been skiing many times, but in, I, I I have been skiing. But yeah, that feels safe to me. Because I'm on the land. Anything else that's a bit weird relating to this stuff? Any other area that you're like, yeah, it doesn't make me feel good that I'm in it? Yeah, like elevators. That they could just like the it could just snap stop. and yeah. fall and plummet. Yeah, or, or or 
the idea of getting oh, it, it could just get get stuck at, any moment at the top of a really tall building. Top of a really tall you've, building. You've done that earlier. You've done that before. Yeah. The, the and and the the fear is of the elevator not being able to bring me down very quickly. Like, what happens if I get in that elevator and it just becomes stuck, and then I'm just stuck up here, and I can't get to land? There's something about yeah, not being on land that is really terrifying to me and makes me confront death. Right. Uh, I wonder if it's that so much as land, or if it's kind of what you're, you've associated land with, maybe. I don't know. Well, I'm to me, not trying to spe- to I don't want to speculate too much. To me, land means, um, I guess, freedom. Um, I don't know. What, I don't know what land represents to me. Freedom, access to. I get access the, to I, safety. I do get the freedom thing though, a bit. I, I like freedom. We were talking about this before, like. I think you were talking to me about it on the phone that freedom, you, the freedom to just go wherever or do what you want at any moment, um, that really resonates with me, particularly at the moment. Like Margot driving away yesterday and me just being left at the house with a bike and a backpack and smoking in a J before I rode out. And it's like the freedom to go left or turn right, to go as fast or as slow as I want on the bike on the way home, to buy Suvlaki if I wanted to just like the freedom to make those kind of choices mm. is a very amazing feeling though. Yeah. But I mean, it, maybe it's talking and the, about... And the lack of that is a terrible feeling. Yeah. What about, hey, we took the ferry to Copenhagen. And yeah, the ferry did, back. Didn't we? Yeah. Oh, you would have taken the ferry different... Uh, How long you? was that? An hour? No, that was hours, was wasn't it? it? I thought that was hours. Was it? Yeah, because I remember it was like, oh, we're only going to get there at night. And we arrived just before it was getting dark. And I remember it was take. I took ages. I was like, it was just smelly and the, the smell, like the, the petrol, diesel fumes and yeah. feeling a bit seasick. I would have assumed that I had a worse time on that ferry <laughs> Yeah, night. I was fine on that. You didn't give a shit. I think... Um, this, do you not... Do you consider that it's something that's really started to build up over the last couple of years, even more so than... Potentially. It kind of seems it's like it from where I'm sitting. Potentially. It's sort of... Uh, yeah. It's sort of... Um, it was really bad a few years ago, like around 2014. It was really bad with everything. Like it wasn't just... It wasn't just planes. It was bridges. It was being in stuck in lecture theatres. It was... Um, being stuck, being in a car and couldn't, and being stuck in, stuck in places that I felt, I didn't feel like I could get out of. It's like, it's like not having the choice that I can leave. Like this is after you had the edible incident, which triggered an anxiety, a panic attack. That, that initially triggered, uh, like just general, a a general panic of, of being, of having panic. And then, and then in 2014, I had a, uh, then that's when I started feeling that, you know, Fear of being trapped. Yeah. Feeling um, when I caught a bus to the uh, the airport, and I just felt really trapped on that bus, like really intense fear. And then getting on that plane, I felt really intense fear. And that's when all that started happening, where I started feeling really scared of being. Um, I, like I got over it, sort of. I felt a bit better before that, 
And then it happened again after that, where I started fearing planes and buses and being in cars all over again, but in, in sort of a more intense way. You know what is tr- like what's triggering for me at the moment, or what like what's coming up in my mind is I I get the feeling that that bus ride and then that plane ride, there were other things going on that day. Yeah. Well, I was with my friend Wayne. Yep. Yeah, and you say that with like there's something interesting about that. Well, I've I've told you that he was there when I had that weed incident. Yeah. Okay. So whether maybe subconsciously his presence triggered yeah, where you're that, like, that feeling in me. I don't feel like I can tell Wayne about what's going on at the moment. I don't feel necessarily comfortable about this bus ride or what's awaiting me at the end of this plane ride or what's been happening in my life circumstances and I can't mm. express myself to this person who I felt you know, awkward mm. around because of that panic attack I had when I was on the edibles. And yeah. That's what comes up for me thinking... I think about a panic attack I had when I received my grades for second last semester science degree. Mm. And I had it in the car. And I'm just thinking about all the feelings I would have had around that at that time. Would have been giving me tunnel vision a bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, it wouldn't have been as simple as I had a panic attack because I was on a bus and felt trapped on a bus. It would have been... a a bunch of other things going on in my mind that Does, would have contributed yeah. to it. It seems that way to me. Yeah. And it's probably still the case. It just triggers particular thought processes. Yeah. Like a thought pattern. I mean, the the thing is, is like, that when, when the weed triggered it in the first place, it, it triggered something deep in me. Yeah. It, figured it, it triggered a deep fear in me that, I didn't understand at that point. And you can tell I still don't I still don't really understand properly. Like yeah, there's 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 an element of I can't I, I didn't feel comfortable expressing myself. There was an element of like feeling trapped and feeling like I like I didn't have I didn't have the choice to leave. I didn't have the choice to like say that I wanna leave. Um so and it's almost like feeling feeling like I don't have the confidence or the the trust to express that I'm like I'm dying or I'm fearing death right now or even the acknowledgement the acknowledgement that um that I that it's almost like the acknowledgement that we face death in every moment like that's that's what it feels to me but it's brought right up in front of your face. That's how, that's it. That's it. Like yeah, death is a people keep telling me you're more likely to fucking get hit by a bus than to die on a on a plane or whatever. You know, all these statistics. But that's it it's meaningless to me because that's not what brings it, the fear up in front of your face. It's yeah, the plane ride. The, the, there's there's a there's a confrontation with the reality of death in these situations for me. And it used to be, it, you, there was a time where it was just feeling like I was trapped in a lecture theater, let's say, and that made me confront death. And it was like maybe the, by 
by expressing my need to get out of here, that's confronting a death because I'm confronting like I don't want to. I didn't want to be the guy. I don't. I didn't want to be the guy that's different to everybody else. That's says I I, I, I can leave whenever I want. I want to leave whenever I want because that means I'm not part of the pack. Something like that. Um, I yeah. I'm starting to get like an intuitive, conceptual, better understanding of this a bit. Right. Um, I wanted to try to verbalize it. You know, when you're on an airplane or you're in a lecture theater, right? And you look left and there's just a wall and you look Mm. forward and there's like a wall or there's a seat in the airplane and you look right and there's just a window and this, but you keep looking in those different directions and the scenery doesn't change and you're only left with your own present awareness or cyclic thoughts or just you know thought processes Mm -hmm. like there's no changing of your environment immediate changing and more so like you can't change those environments in those like well i mean in the lecture theater you could walk out and you could go sit in the toilet in the airplane if you wanted to but really like you're trapped in those spaces for a certain period of time and there's no changing that and I can see how if being in an ins- those spaces like that, your mind starts getting gripping onto certain scenarios or it starts gripping onto sensations even, familiar sensations that you just can't shake. That makes a bit more sense to me to think of it like that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I... I <laughs> I'm not going to say I get on a plane and say I love to be there. But for me, it's um, it's just something that I associate with getting from one point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Like it's a, it's a pay, like I'm paying, it's a cost for a certain benefit that's on the other end of it. For me mm-hmm. to get to Thailand, I'm going to sit on a plane. The bigger nightmare for me is doing it with a seven-month-old that might cry half the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, like I said, like, I mean, I make that comment in playfulness because it's just it's just going to be a thing for me it's not it's just a bit of discomfort it's just a bit of discomfort uncomfortable it's just uncomfortable but for me that's not a yeah it's not a thing yeah so yeah for me the the idea of it is uh, it's a I'm battling my mind for hours it's like Mm. it's like me I I feel like it's me against my mind for many for many hours and then you know you 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 could say well why don't you just surrender to to whatever it is stop fighting with your mind and just surrender to it and even in the surrender there's a battle because for me to just like for me to just completely relax in that moment like I try I try and do it I was on the ship and I I was listening to a meditation and I was just really, I was relaxing my body and just trying to tune into what I was feeling and just surrender to the fear, feel the fear, just let it be there. And the more I do that, the more the fear builds. You've probably experienced this in a psychedelic experience where if you just relax into the experience, if you surrender to the experience where you're going through a bit of a fearful uh, period the fear actually grows 
Because you... Yeah, I was going to say it's almost more of a physical thing, though. I almost say it's like more of a physical panic. Like my body, maybe, isn't. it's not as much my mind, but maybe like physically it feels like the fear is building yeah. and that just naturally then gets pushed into my mind. Well, it's it's both, isn't it? The mind and the body are the... Uh, the one are, are, the, are one and they work they work with each other yeah but I, I just conceptually that's how it, yeah, it comes across to me that it's or even when you're talking about that like you're on the ship you're sitting there you're meditating and you're considering like the fear that you can feel and then you're trying to quiet your mind but your body's fighting back anyway and it's still kind of holding on to these sensations of tension um, probably queasiness well, the, well, the f- unease the f- there's like two things going on I feel there's there's this intense fear inside that just wants to express itself, that just wants to come out and be be seen. Um, but then there's the there's the mind, there's the other part of the mind that just wants to protect me and push it down and do everything, do everything I can to just keep shit to calm. just keep it together. Keep it together, yeah. Because keep it together. if that if that fear comes out, the it's like a fucking beast. If it was to, if it was to rise to the top and express itself, the the fear is that it could, that could I could I might die, like I might die if that, if that fear is allowed to express itself because it's sort of like if that fear expresses itself then I might stop breathing, like that's almost uh, it's so hard to explain but yeah I might stop breathing. I might do something that's fucked up. Like so I might let out some fucking weird noise, or I might pass out. Yeah. Um. That because in the mom in that moment where it's yeah, I'm I'm faced with that decision of surrender to the fear or continue to suppress it. Um. The idea of s- surrendering to the fear is just so scary because it it feel in that moment it feels like i'm dying and i and i've had that happen to me before i have surrendered to the fear mm. and it's like i don't know 10 to 20 seconds of like fuck this is it i'm dying like i i feel like i'm dying i feel like i'm about to i'm about to lose complete control surrendering complete control of this fear and it's going to take over me and i have and and i don't it's also like i don't know how long it's going to last like is in that moment i i feel like I'm, I'm questioning: Is this, is this, is this just how I'm going to feel for a long time now? Am I going to spend the next few hours in this state, which is like the most intense fear uh, I could feel? That well, I've had that as a psychedelic yeah. experience before, where it's like, well, am I now trapped in this experience, and I'm now trapped being insane? And it's for thousands of years I felt actually that I was yeah. trapped in insanity. Yeah. But I also wanted to point out, and I don't know if. I was having to think about it and I don't know if it's a fair observation to make, but your fear, or let's say I don't know if I can relate to you because on this that well, because it seems like maybe is mortality, like for some reason mortality is really brought up in front of your face and it's scary, the idea of losing it. And I haven't had that experience in so long unless I've been maybe near a a cliff's edge or something like that and that's where I get a bit unsettled like that but then you'd have to say literally sit here on the edge of this rock over a cliff and just like sit here for the next half an hour 
I wouldn't feel that comfortable, but... What about sit know. there for like 10 hours? On the edge of that cliff? Yeah. Uh, I'd just fucking do it. There's a part of me, what I was also going to say is that if I've got to sit on that cliff's edge for 10 hours and I've just got to do it, then I plan on coming out the other side and I just plan on doing it then. Mm. And it's like, well, Ethan, are you really going to stop? Or are you going to... Like, it's a weird conceptual thing, isn't it? It's like, are you going to do it and, and, you know, just overcome this? Or not? And if not, what is not? Yeah, that, that's the question. What is not? It doesn't seem like an option to me. Like, I, you, okay, let's say, here's the cliff's edge. Okay, my legs are at the end of it. I sit over the edge, and what someone says, okay, 10 hours, I've got it clocked now, stopwatch, go. And you've got 100 people behind you. That's, yeah, that's funny. That's a bit different. <laughs> my fear is that someone of those 100 people walks up behind me and shoves me off the edge. Yeah. Um, I then just say to myself because I've had to I've had to do this Mm. you are going to sit here you've got a hundred people behind you one of them might shove you off but ideally not is there an intention that they're going to shove me off is there okay and you're going to go through this because you know that if you don't have trust in this situation you won't have trust in a lot of things in your life so here's another facet to it. Imagine you've already done that 10 times, but you're still just as scared, maybe even more terrified to do it the 11th time. That's hard for me because it doesn't make sense yeah. then. In, in your mind, it's like, if I do that, I'm going to get the, to the other side of it and I won't, fear, I won't be nearly as fearful the next time I do it. Uh, I might be, but it's, I don't know, like, I probably wouldn't, not after the first 10 hours on X amount of time, but it's like, no, the more I apply myself to this thing and I'm still here alive, I should be trusting that I'm still alive through the rest of these experiences. Like if I do something else again, there's got to be some kind of trust that you're still going to be alive here. Otherwise, what is there to trust in? Otherwise, what's the point of trusting in in yourself to get through these experiences. I don't know. The uh, so I guess in, to use that analogy, I, I feel the where I'm at with with this compared to that is I feel like I've sat on the edge of a cliff for 10 hours with, uh, with 100 people uh, behind me and I've done it 10 times before, but I still fear it just as much as I did it the first time. And it's like the next time I go back and sit sit on the edge of the cliff, I know it's going to be fucking painful again, but I am trying to figure out ways that I can prepare myself as best as I can to do that. Like, is it is it sitting on the edge of, the, of a cliff for like only two hours with only 10 people watching me and organizing that before I commit to something as intense as that? Um, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. I just, all I can say back to that is the version of myself that gets scared by these things now, like let's say the skydiving. Mm-hmm. The best way I can explain the way I've tried to overcome that is like, Ethan, there is a version of you. There is a version of you 
and maybe right now sitting here you can't necessarily conceptualize it but there is a version of you that goes to this place and skydives and there was a version of you that never wanted to do that but there is a version of you that can exist that will go skydiving and the only way you find out that version of yourself is by skydiving and that version of you that skydives has the bravery and courage in yourself to know that you'll get through it i'm not there was there's something i wanted to say about 10 minutes ago when we were doing this i just want to let you know i don't know how how this plays out for you and i think it's only as important as you think it's important for you if you want to overcome this thing if you don't like it doesn't matter like and i don't want it to be something that i judge you over because that's bullshit mm-hmm. and it's it what is it how does it help us if i consider you in a different way because of this thing that you're having issues with it's not something i can relate to you about really mm. yeah and that, and i guess that's what we sort of have to be okay with i like, want i want to be okay with that yeah. yeah i don't like like yeah you you haven't experienced something like this before no i'm finding it hard to understand and you know the fucked up thing about saying that you just before we sat down to do this podcast you're like do you want to talk about shit that's going on with your dad or you want to talk about the fear thing first and it's like we'll probably talk about both but i'm like that's a really shitty thing for me to maybe think about the the issues i'm having with my own dad because i really am finding it so hard to relate to them and it just creates this world of difference between you, of you and the other person. And to sit here and have you talk about an experience that for you is as, as significant as the experiences that happen to me right now, mm. you know, I, it sucks a bit that I numb it out or that I, I don't want to numb it out or I don't want to just sit here and act like I've got an understanding of what's going on to you and like a path to salvation and fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... You, you did do a good job of under, trying to understand just before when you were imagining well, me on, on imagine me on the plane or imagining me on the ship. Like, to, to relate to the facets of it as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, to try and just, put myself in your shoes is, is the best thing I can try to do, but you can't. It's, there's Yeah, there's facets of it you can relate to, but I think at the end of the, end of the day, I don't... Yeah, you probably haven't experienced like 10 hour, ten hours of fear before what what i was trying to you know the 10 hours of fear uh not that i can remember right off the top of my head no yeah. um but you know the difficulties you're having in your life with with um this what are the significant difficulties i'm having in my life relevant to shit that i'm going through that that plagues on my mind for x amount of hours maybe it's not fear like this but it's yeah it's the lack of communication and trust that I'm having with my dad at the moment. Yeah. And that, I can tell you, it, it sucks. Like, it feels not good. Mm. So, that's, yeah. yeah. So, you, you're having problems oh, I'm communicating with your dad, even yeah. understanding where your dad's coming from, and it's bringing up a lot of feelings of frustration for you um the, the the part i don't understand i don't understand which is yeah where i'm actually finding it hard to relate well first of all i don't have a fucking dad so that, <laughs> that, 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 that already uh, makes it difficult are you gonna say like what is your fucking problem ethan no not at all because oh, okay. i i'm i'm coming from a place of understanding okay yeah 
but because I tell myself that. The, the 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 part I don't understand. The part I, I do get is the frustration with somebody who seemingly doesn't want to do any self reflection and doesn't want to get to the bottom of how their issues have caused pain on has it have inflicted pain on others but the the i guess the only part i don't understand is why it causes you so much pain and angst because in 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 my relationship let's say with um i don't know let's say some i've had issues with my grandma before uh i've had little bouts of anger towards her but i don't know i i i I move beyond it and I, I never get to the point where I can, where I don't speak to her, um, where I would ignore her. And I don't, I'm, I'm really not saying this to judge, but I'm just saying I, I, I want to understand where you're coming from with oh, how, it right, gets to, how it gets to that point where you, you can't speak to him. You can't speak to somebody. There's a few things to try and explain there. Um, but you know something that's standing out to me about this, and it's—I just think it says so much. Like, you, my dad's my dad. If you had a sister, your mum, your your sister would probably look at your mum and think, "How I'm from her. How does that reflect on me? How does that maybe look as?" Am I meant to follow in my mother's footsteps? What are the traits about my mother that are going to mirror in me? And then how are they going to look in 20, 40 years as I'm following in the path of my mum? And maybe I'm just taking after her. So I look at my dad and I just think, is what's happening to him the footsteps that I'm meant to follow in? And if that's not the case, and I know that I've got it in me to overcome issues like this, like have a, a better way of expressing myself, of acknowledging certain feelings, of having a relationship with my wife and my kid, or am I destined to have just as much trouble expressing myself as I grow up, as I raise my child or children? Will I also have the same explosive outbursts? Will I also have the same cyclic nature of having explosive outbursts and fights with my wife and with my kids and then making up and then fighting and then making up is that all what i'm going to go through as well because it seems like my dad is unwilling to acknowledge the suffering that he continues to put the rest of the family through by not moving on from my mom's house and so that's just like an almost an arbitrary concept i've created it seems that my dad continues to be at my mum's house six days a week, even though they've been divorced for six, seven years, practically 15 years. The relationship deteriorated well before that. And it's like, am I going to eventually get to a point where I'm creating the suffering that my dad seems to be creating for those around him? Am I going to create that in my own family? Right. So, why is the... Res so, I guess, because you're faced with sort of two choices at that point with how you relate to him. It's like, well, either I don't speak to him and ignore him, or I get or I get to get to know him more so I can avoid... Because at the end of the day, like, you're saying you don't want to be him. Like, you want to avoid being him. 
Is that yes? Yeah, right. like there's a he's an he's very intelligent and very dedicated to helping people around him when he can, but it just comes at this cost of certain. I mean, these elements of his person that are just I don't think are truthful. Truthful as well. Um, there for me, it's like I'm talking to someone who's in denial. And the moment I start talking to him is the moment I start getting met with comments and uh, and beliefs that I just don't, that I can't accept. Mm. That I can't, uh, and that I don't want to, I don't want to accept anymore. That I feel disrespected by hearing, by right. saying, look, I mean, to try to simplify it, Lee, I think that your presence here in this house still is not healthy as a role model for your sons. For me, no. For Cyrus, no. For Elias, no. For your ex-wife who wants to move on with her life, no. Mm -hmm. Who wants to just be in a space that you're not in because she made that decision a very long time ago. But for some reason... And... You might say because you're lonely, because it's hard to now fight back to gain a great house or a great living s uh, situation, to have your own place, to have a workshop that you can run a business from. It's hard to get those things back. I don't know. But it just seems to me that we're all looking to to see what's a ne the next stage in our lives. And I don't think you have ever, like it doesn't seem like that's ever occurred to you. Like the next stage of your life is grumbling about a, a shitty shoebox unit at the back of a place in Brighton that you choose to live at, that you don't choose to move on from and change your life circumstances to move on from. And, and I just think it affects everyone else around you and you just don't want to accept that. Hmm. That's do, what fucks me up. Do, do you think... Do, do, do you think the wanting to ignore him comes from a place of of a fear of communicating what you just communicated to him mm, I don't know I wanted to say no but I don't know because I guess I haven't been that because when I've tried to get that honest I get met with I don't get met with that. I get m met with almost like a reality that seems to be lived in denial, like uh, a re retorts or someone who... That's too painful, maybe. Mm. It's too... Sorry, it's yeah. too raw. It's too painful for, for him to really get that honest and hear that stuff and be like, that's reality. That's the reality of three other people... Four... Uh, three other people... Four other people, sorry. You're talking about being part of a family, Lee? the other four people in this five-person family, I think we're all... They all believe in what I just said. Mm. And your number... Yeah, sorry. Is there a part where, you, where you're sort of like try, trying to protect him almost by not telling him the truth? No, I, to me, it doesn't seem as much that. It seems like I'm just tired of this. It seems like I'm tired of trying to fight that and try and be that person that just says like this is to all five of us in this family I feel like I'm the one ready to stand here and tell it how it is 
and and if no one else really wants to have the courage to be like, yeah, you know what? I feel that low about my fucking life. I feel that low about this family. I feel that fucking low about not accepting responsibility and just to start to, to rebuild from there. It's like, well, if no one else wants to do it, I'm like, well, I'm too tired and I'm just going to move on with my life. And, and Lee's definitely going to be the, like, the fucking biggest afterthought on that one. Because, I don't know, it just it seems like he's living his version of what is okay, of what gets him by now for the rest of his life. And it's like, go for it. I'm not going to stick around. So you, you, you're sort of at the point where you're just happy to not have any relationship with him because it's too, it's, it's too exhausting to engage with him. It's getting towards that. Like, it's really... Um, it's really interesting to have start to really be having these conversations with you and to be really opening up and be this raw and um, but also the, this optimistic about how we can approach relationships with people how we can better understand ourselves and things like that but it's interesting to also to consider that in a lifetime realistically does it just get to a point where it's like there are some things that are just not you will choose and you will have to bear the consequences with but you choose straight up to just be like it's not worth that it's not and I might have to bear the consequences of a decision like that but this might go on now for six months and we don't see Lee until we get back from traveling to Peru or whatever. Maybe we don't see him for a year. And then maybe he doesn't have much contact with us after we move to Queensland. Mm. I don't know. I'm not that juvenile anymore. That I, I guess there's like... My initial thought about this was... Judgment of... Judgment of uh, excluding someone from one from your life like to just push someone out of your life and to say i don't want you in my life right now i don't want you around my family because of whatever's whatever's going on between us but then i'm seeing it from a different angle now where i'm like is there really anything wrong with that like if someone was in my life and they were super bad influence on me and the people around me like what the hell would be wrong with me saying I need a break from you. I'm not ready to ha- at this point. I'm not ready to handle this relationship in a in a compassionate way, in a healthy way, and I may never be able to do it. Um, but I'm gonna need. I need time to figure this out. I just don't have the tools, and I don't even want to deal with you right now. Like, what's? Yeah, why is? I feel like there's shame in that. I, f- I feel shame. I feel shame in that. I feel guilt. Yeah. Like, I've made it a really big point of my life to to try to learn to understand people or empathize with people, sympathize, to see where people are coming from, to to talk to them, to listen to them. And, um, you know, Lee is just the one that does my head in for lack of a better term i was sorry i just got to say this i was at um so i've been doing this massage job mobile massage job right 
and Wednesday, I saw this man, the last person was in um, near Forest Hill, and his daughter is... She's interesting. She's really interesting. It turns out she does a meditation podcast where she creates visuals and meditations um, that she was recording. And I got to talking to her about this and she completely resonates that it's her mum that she has this problem with. Mm. And it made me feel a lot better. She's like, I, when I first had my parents come over to the house, I told them they can't fight here at this new house that we have. And I didn't let my mum into the house for f- six months. Mm. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah, I just, I wasn't ready to accept that in my own family home that my mom was going to come in, like their old Italian parents. Mm. And it's interesting enough now, like um, her dad's living with her, but it, because he's my, her, her dad's like, look, I'm getting towards the end of my days and I'm having issues with my wife. So I'm just going to come live with my daughter here in their house, which is interesting to have heard that. Yeah, it is interesting. I feel like there's this idea in our society, and it's even worse in some other societies, more traditional societies, that one must, above all else, be kind and take care and be respectful of their parents Mm. and their family. Yeah. And I'm starting to see that that's not... I don't really believe in that because if someone treats you like shit, why the hell should you welcome them into your life and you know go over and above i mean one it, it's one thing to you know treat someone with hate and to not forgive someone just because they're you know not a very nice person um but i don't think there's anything wrong with creating distance and creating space between people in your life even if they're family that seem to affect your life in a really negative way even if it's for a, a period of t- a short period of time like why is there shame in that I, th- I, d- I did want to say one thing as well I, I, I don't you know Lee's not treating us like shit and well, Lee's yeah sorry I was oh, just no, using I, no, an no, extreme I, but I just also wanted to clear that up that it's it's not that but it's um it's, you know, like I, I said everything before. It is really cool to at least acknowledge, though, that there is some time and space needed. And more so, I'm not... Yeah, I haven't been ready to, to confront the situation. Um, I haven't been ready to vocalise or verbalise to him in person what how i feel about this whole thing what's really behind it i lost my shit look i mean the last time we really spoke and what caused all this i was the one who really lost my shit because i thought of how i didn't want this to be any more the fighting with him and other people around my children around darius in my house i just lost it and i said this is not at all ever what i'm going to accept in my house anymore and i didn't make it clear that that was why he he just it's just well, like whoa Ethan just fucking lost his absolute shit and it wasn't even my fault. And it's like yeah that was right. And since then, I t- I sent you a message about this or I even called you. No, I sent the message to the check-in in group about it. It's funny that we sit here and we reflect on things calmly and we consider and we have time and space to be really twank- tranquil about it. 
And the other day, I just flat out said, go fuck yourself when Lee said, do you want to go outside and talk about things? That's the level that I'm at that I can't be... I feel it so difficult to be reasonable and approachable to just a person. I think anyone else could say that to me and I'd be like, I'm going to go in and I might even feel heated, but I'm going to keep a level head to try and communicate as my feelings about this clearly. But he said that and I just made a point to just say, go fuck yourself. And he would have been like, what the fuck? Like, you were the one that ripped my head off the last time. I'm wanting to go out and have peaceful words with you. And you're telling me to go fuck myself. Like, and he's, he's, yeah, he's like, you've got fucking problems, man. Like, you know, well, he went on his yeah, usual tirade. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, yeah, that does seem super fucking unreasonable from my end. I can't, I'm, I am. I know. I told my brothers that. I told that to the group. I told that to a bunch of people. I've. I had that reaction. I, there's not more I can really say to that. I'm sorry. But that's how it, it is at the moment. And um, I wish I was better than that. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about the way I relate to it. Um, I had a situation with my mum where when I found out Murat, the guy who, thought, who I thought was my dad, when I found out he wasn't my dad... I was furious with my mum. I was I was so pissed off with my mum. And I could not talk to her in any rational way. In fact, I did not talk to her. For for three or four days, I could not talk to her. I, yeah. I Sort of like what you're going through now in a way. I couldn't talk to her. I just didn't have the tools at that point to be compassionate to, towards her. I fucking hated her at that point. Um, and then even when I did talk to her, I was so angry with her and I was pretty rude to her. Um, didn't treat her very well. Can I ask, is that, is a big part of it as well because your mum starts talking to you in a way that you're just like, you're just not telling me straight up. You're just not there being was, straight up with me. In, in my mind back then, there, there was a lack of authenticity. But for, the thing I realized is that she actually didn't understand herself what she was going through and she didn't understand the situation very well. Mm. But I was, I was going to say that I think what help, really helped was the space. She, was, she went to go live in Qatar she she left a few days later after all this happened. She went back to Qatar and we had space and it was amazing and it really helped us. Yeah, I've done... I will remind you, I've done some serious space with Lee before. And I know. it's going to continue like that through the rest of my life. I yeah. Think. I mean, yeah. I mean, what's what's wrong with having a relationship where it's like come together, have space, come together... Space sounds like a lot of people have those relationships. Yeah, I, I mean, why do we have to be best friends, and why do we have to be super close in proximity to everybody in our family and those we're meant to be close to? You know, I mean, to me, it seems like with you and even with my the situation with my, with my mom, like this is like a, a lifetime of work in order to be able to understand where they're coming from and to understand our feelings towards them so it's fair enough that we need to give each give ourselves space from them in order to gain a bit more clarity and then reapproach with that greater understanding <clears throat> it's it yeah what strikes me about it and, and this is why it kind of comes back to i don't know like my relationship with darius now for the rest of time mm. And it's that there's, there's sacred moments 
that you and I have probably largely forgotten about with our parents, with yeah. your mum, with my dad. Yeah. And I can think of a couple at the moment, like off the top of my head, like moments that I had a beautiful, meaningful moment with my dad or like, you know, that's my dad doing... Like when we were... I remember like going snorkeling with him in the lagoon out the back of Sorrento and Portsea. And um, just being in the water and being like a bit scared, but also like, oh, this is amazing. I've got flippers on and this... Um, these goggles and the snorkel and my dad's bought these things and they're really cool and look at this beautiful lagoon and like sea kelp and sand and fish around us and I look to my left and there's my dad and he's like grabs my hand and like points out all these different things and it's like that was my dad being my dad and that was him showing me amazing how amazing life could be and these beautiful experiences that's what fucks me up a bit that's what makes me coming back to this being like we shared these really amazing sacred beautiful moments with our parents and in our family and then you're left in a moment like now and it's like it just seems like they just get blown into the winds of eternity and then it doesn't mean like anything but it does Do you, do you have the thought that you'd love Darius to have that kind of experience with your dad at some point? How? As, as, a, as a grandparent. <sighs> like if he did it with you, what would it be like picturing him do it with Darius? To do it with Darius. Yeah, it'd be amazing. Mm. Be super wholesome, super amazing. It's funny you've th said that. Like, I've kind of discounted that for a long time. I mean, it just goes without saying that Darius is only going to have one grandfather, potentially. Smargot's um, dad passed away years and years ago. But, you know, it didn't really strike me that reality. What you just said, like, that's very on that's really up in my face he could have that he's and it's funny you know his grandfather could give him that his yeah. grandfather would give him experiences that I couldn't give him yeah and for a long time I've been thinking about it's th the other way around what do you mean for a long time, I've been thinking about how it's Lee that's going to miss out on experiences with Darius. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also true. Yeah, the other way around is also true. Darius will also miss out if they don't have a relationship. I will tell you. Well, yeah, the when he's old enough and he's like, "Where's Grandpa?" and I'm like, "You can go meet Grandpa if you want," but just so you know, I don't have fucking time for that guy. You know, you can just so you know, if your grandfather loses his absolute shit and starts talking about his resentment for grandma, just warning you that'll happen or whatever. I don't know. Fuck, trying to. I might just kidding myself. Try telling that to a six-year-old. I feel like that's such a nice idea. Like in my mind, the idea of 
It's the romantic man. Da, yeah, Darius being like, "Dad, can I go? Can I go with? Can I go fishing with Grandpa today?" And you being like, "Yeah, of course, go." Yeah, great, I want to tell him. Yeah, I'll like, go day. for it. Yeah, just don't yeah. expect me to stick around and talk to the guy. <laughs> it feels like I, I sense this conflict. Oh, totally. But I mean, the joke of it to be like the way things are going. It's just like. Oh, you're heading, let's say we're living in Queensland. Oh, yeah, you, we're going to send you down to Melbourne for two weeks. You're going to stay with Grandma. You'll see Grandpa anyway because Grandpa still lives with Grandma. But then also there's the other side of it where it's like, you're going to have an awesome time with your Grandpa as well. Uh, is, is there pretty that? Pretty much. Um, like, he's going to be full on. I just on. haven't thought about it like that. But yeah. you're right. Yeah, it will be. He, like, ugh, they'll both spoil the shit out of him. They'll love it. Yeah. Especially Lee. And and Darius, yeah, Darius is like, he's a boy, you know. He'll be a gonna, little kid. It won't, he's going to be, be a little boy. He's, well, he's going to, yeah, he's just he, he's just going to, if, if Lee would, takes him out and does all that, you know, boy stuff, you know, fishing and, um, I don't oh, know, advent, adventure sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he would fucking love He'll it. He'll love it. The same way you did when you were a kid. Yeah, it's just funny that I've got this absolute hang-up with, you know, it's like, the big thing that I did just want to say, it just, it just, yeah, I wanted to at least say this, respect. And I, I think it's respect for yourself as well. But I don't know if I'm kidding myself about that, but it's also respect to us that you give us this honesty, that you, you realise... None of us want this life like this, really. No, you know, we would love for you to, to know that you have the strength in yourself, Lee, like the respect in yourself to just say, I don't need to live here like this anymore. I don't need to be mumbling criticisms about your ex-wife, even though you use her, her um, house to, you know, to work from and that you come back here and that this is where you, you spend your days like just I would so much rather the respect like I said in yourself and in in me to just have that honesty and conversation but I I guess you know that's the interesting thing like I'm going to spend the rest of my life learning why why it's not like that I guess that's the interesting thing that I'm like coming to appreciate is that there are big there's going to be so many lessons still to learn have do you think you've spent more time with lee over the last year than you had in for, for years before that or, yeah like, like ha- so so yeah what and it was actually really good oh hello and it should still be really good hello Robties. <laughs> hello um yeah, I mean, it was really healthy until I just lost my absolute shit when Anita was over because they were bickering like fucking children. Yeah, up until then, to, from me looking outside in, it seemed that it was not without its problems, but on its way to being as healthy as it's ever been. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I remember when he came over and I was trying to deal with diaries or something like that and... He was talking some stupid shit, saying, "Oh, you've got to do this, mate. You've got to do this." And I just straight up was like, "Look, I'm, like, I'm trying to do this, but I'm trying to also deal with Darius at the same time. I'm trying to do. Okay, can you just chill out? Like, I don't care about that thing." And he's like, "Oh, sorry. Okay, I'm just." And he starts getting a little bit, but 
I think I was patient and yeah, we're at that point where it didn't need to blow up. Mm. Yeah, that was happening. Well, to bring it to bring the whole podcast together, it reminds me of what we were talking about with being on that bus with Wayne how I had that panic attack, but it must have been a bunch of other shit going on in my life that contributed to me feeling that way. And on the surface, it's just like, yeah, I had a panic attack on the bus, but it's like how much other shit that was feeding into that situation made me have that panic attack and then and then also make me be very weary of situations that were very similar to it. And it's And then relating it back to the situation you had with your dad at your house... It's like how much other shit was going through through your mind at that on that day, and oh. what was the, what was your mental state at that point for it all to come together for you to just have that outburst like that? Yeah. Um, and then how much uh, how much of that memory is still there that stops you from interacting with Lee and maybe even um, Anita, Anita, yeah, and even Anita to a lesser degree with um with the same sort of clarity that you would have had like the moment before it happened or a few moments before it happened sort of like a sort of like a trauma like something bang happens and it's like well it's going to be a <laughs> it's going to be very hard for me to same see that same situation the same again it's funny yeah it felt like i'd had the clarity actually all the moments leading up to him walking in walking out walking in walking out when they were having their fight and then the thought hit me though, that, and that was the that was like the spark that hit me that Darius was in the other room sleeping, and it was just like, is this now history to repeat mm-hmm. itself? And now your son's getting sucked into the, the the vortex, and that like just that sealed it for me. That just threw me on a whole new. Do you do you think of that situation when you see Lee? Do I remember that situation when I see Lee? Yeah. Um, a little, yeah, I see a little bit, like I see someone who, well, I mean, I'd lost my shit at Lee, like, who am I to say that I see someone who can't, you know, who loses their shit and can't be brought into rational conversation? Can I get very psychological? Go for it. (laughs) Uh, Is it possible that not wanting to talk to Lee is, and, uh, is you being a, sorry, is it possible that you're a bit embarrassed by that outburst and you not talking to Lee is sort of you not wanting to confront that part of yourself, not, not confronting that part of yourself because you don't want to confront that part of Lee. Lee, who's the person that usually is, has the outburst and usually loses his shit. And then <laughs> is it possible Maybe. you don't want to confront that part of yourself? Maybe. Like, yeah, would, would confronting that part of yourself maybe help to be able to relate to Lee better? Probably, probably, but and and, but I. I don't want to say but. I. Get it. That I lost my shit, and I'm ready to acknowledge that I lost my shit. I feel like I want to demystify the losing of the shit. It's like, to me, I I feel like the need to say like, yeah, fuck yeah, you lost your shit. Good for you. felt fucking amazing yeah like you expressed yourself you let it all out like why is that a bad thing yeah I don't know a lot to be said for that (laughs) um oh it's super traumatic though for people around 
Super traumatic for the person who's on the receiving end of getting. Well, that's interesting someone. because it sounds because I remember that it was traumatic for you. Yeah. Well. But how? Did, how? But you're assuming that it was traumatic. Do you mean for traumatic for me through when that used was, to happen to sorry, me? Sorry, it was traumatic for you when when Lee used to have his outburst. Super. Yeah, it was really traumatic. But yeah, the thing that struck me is that yeah, the, yeah, who who was traumatized by your outburst? Lee. And I mean, I didn't feel great. Margot was fucking a bit traumatized as well. Margot's like, holy shit. And you, yeah, and you, do you feel bad, bad about what they went through during that outburst? Not as much Margot because it, she was just kind of like off to the side. Um, I didn't, it's and she knows it's never directed at her. It's she just witnessed like a really vicious, toxic version of me that came out. But Lee, I do feel a bit of like he doesn't understand why I was like that. I haven't explained it that well. I haven't explained it to him. He doesn't understand. He's like Ethan's got fucking problems with me. He, I was fighting with the needer, and all of a sudden he just fucking lost his shit at me and talked about me with my fucking drinking problems and. And made super threatening faces towards me and all the rest of it. And he's like, what the fuck was that? Mm. I mean, the thing about me with that, it, I mean, it just makes me so angry is that Lee can't even begin to, doesn't even begin to speculate it. Well, I think he does actually. He's made a, sent me a message about it, but he doesn't realize that it's the face I made of me protecting my kids. That's the face. That's what I'm ready to be like if it's going to be me protecting my kids and yeah. family from things that I think are like that. There is something really powerful in, in, in that feeling, in that, mm. that protectiveness. Mm. There's something really like... feels good. Well, it sounded like you did. You, you, you expressed your protectiveness but then there was shame around the way in which you did it is that right yeah there's shame in this the shame in in knowing that i've made such a point of my life to to do the opposite because i was exposed to that when i was a kid and be like look you don't mm. instead of just lose communicating yourself by losing control and showing that primal primal message mm. it's like no no there's a way to communicate for the other person to better understand you and it's through like considered conversation right so and it's like that's what you, i feel you remember how it felt to be on the receiving end of it yeah rather than have someone clear like kind of calmly explain like you know what uh me and your mother are just not doing well like i'm not doing well with business your mother i really resent her she doesn't support me emotionally and I feel like I'm not doing super well with business, like I said, but I really love you and your sons. And I just want to let you know that I also have difficulties in expressing myself. I have problems with my own dad. He never understood me, never supported me. I just want to know I want to support you and everything that you do. I might not be able to express myself that well, um, but I just want to let you know that I love you. And it's like, it just, I don't, I, I don't think I ever really got that. It, ne it was never like that. It was just, bah, and then, oh, everything's okay. Hey, mate, you okay? Oh, funny laugh, laugh, laugh. Bah, 
Oh, laugh, jokes, jokes, ah, it's all good. Everything's all good again. No problem. Let's not even begin to discuss why there's a broken chair on the ground and things are smashed out the backyard and everything. Let's just not even, ha <laughs> just go clean it up. You know, it's like, what are we living in a fucking movie? Yeah. The thing that came up for me just then was you were using that example like, yeah, your mum's doing well with business. I'm struggling with business. I didn't know if you were talking about yourself or your dad just then. Funny, that's, no, I mean, that's, <laughs> Yeah, that the, that was them, but is that what we're t- that's what I'm? <laughs> I, I literally to face. I literally didn't know because I'm initially I'm like, oh, you're talking about yourself, but then I'm like, hang on a second, like that you could have easily said all that about Lee, and it would have been the exact, it could have worked. Yeah, I know, yeah, but that's <laughs> that. Yeah, it was about Lee and Madeline. That you, was, but yeah, you could you could have said could all the same stuff as well at, at the moment. Yeah, about me talking to Darius or something. Yeah. It's like history repeating itself. It's um, like you could. I, ter- it, I hate that. That's what scares me. I feel like you you can see it repeating itself, <laughs> but there's like you can. You're trying really hard to stop it, but ultimately, the momentum is going that way. It seems like. And it, all yeah. you can do is work. You can only work with it. Like yeah. You, you have the choice to even like. All right, I got to fucking ride this fucking roller coaster. I can jump off the roller coaster, but at some point I have to get back on. Pretty much. And the getting back on might eventually look like me getting back to Lee being like, look, it seems like history is to repeat itself and I'm going to have fucking terrible outbursts with my own children and they're going to learn to hate me because of my inability to express myself, just like with you, man. So I've, you've dragged me into this and you're showing me that there is no way out and that I'm going to do the same thing. Would you like to help me out here and show me that there is a different light at the end of this fucking tunnel because you're still breathing in front of me and you're not that fucking pathetic oh, I'm not going to do this we've got to wrap this up well, the other, yeah I guess the other thing I wanted to say that came up was like I feel like you know I don't I, this is probably going to come across as advice and I don't want to I don't want to give you advice but I feel the need to say it that Go for I it. guess we we all it applies to me as well like we get the chance to write our own journey like write our own story and we don't have to follow those those that passed on out these traumas and these ways of being like we don't have to live those out we 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 inherit them in that we feel them and we're we've lived them up until this point but you know we can we can write our own story and that's fucking exciting i believe that with as well. with it's like the story's already been written up until this point, but then from here on, we can write our own story. I'm making a point to write a new story. Yeah. And so am I. Uh, very curious to know when we're going to get to do this again. Well, yeah. We will hopefully do it online, but are we doing the, are we doing the Zoot part two? Are we'll we going to get time? Well, we'll we see. only have tomorrow. Don't we only we? have tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. or we could do it online. Um, yeah, I was gonna ask you t- what are you doing tomorrow? Tomorrow night on the. P- I was gonna ask you what you're doing tomorrow now, but we can. I can wait till after. Yeah, they don't need to hear this conversation I'll, with I'll, the audience. Maybe I'll call you later today, and we'll see where I am. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, see you, everyone. <laughs> see ya.